Good morning, Church Project. It's a great morning to worship together. I'm really excited about this morning. I just love that opening declaration. Uh, it's great to just see some people's faces. It feels like there's people on there that I haven't seen forever. My absolute favorite is Carl when he's just like, good morning, Church Project. And that's exactly how I feel this morning. So I'm excited to share with you this morning. As you may know, we've been looking at the book of Proverbs over the last couple months with our friends at, at Waypoints, and uh, we've been just examining what wisdom looks like in uh, the world that we live in today. And I gotta tell you, it's been really interesting to just see how poignant some of those messages have been, just how the themes of those messages have lined up with all the things that are going on in our world today. And I hope this morning is no different. This morning, we are looking at humility over pride. And I think that this is uh, just an interesting topic uh, to dig into. Uh, it's a vast Topic. It could, we could go in a lot of different directions, but I'm just going to hone in on one or two things this morning. So what we often think about is if I want to be successful, I have to show off my value. I have to get noticed. People have to see how great I am. If no one recognizes, how am I going to get paid? How am I going to get rewarded? How am I going to get immortalized? If nobody sees how great I am, how are any of those things going to happen? Well, it's funny that you should ask because Proverbs 22, 4 says this, true humility and fear of the Lord leads to riches, honor, and long life. That's interesting. True humility and fear of the Lord leads to riches, honor, and long life. That seems kind of counterintuitive. That seems like the opposite of humility is riches, honor, and long life. Many of us think that being humble means being self-deprecating. If I'm humble, I withhold riches, honor, and long life. I, I, I push those things down because I'm so humble. But scripture tells us that true humility leads to those things. So let's just talk about our culture for just a minute. American culture is anti-humility. Our culture is built on the backbone of pride. If you want to get notice, you have to wear the newest trends. You have to drive the coolest car. You have to, you just have to have the most luxurious jewelry. If you really care about what people think, you have an iPhone and not an Android. I have an Android, so I'm very humble. Our American culture centers around consumerism. Listen to this. 70% of our gross domestic product is consumer spending. Think about that for just a minute. 70% of the money spent in this country 
is spent on things. And one of the motivating factors for purchasing things is not necessity, it's want. And want is often motivated by our pride. What will people think if I don't have the newest product? What will people think if I'm wearing last year's clothes? How are people going to think that I have it all together if I don't have the newest, latest, and the greatest? We're hoodwinked into believing that the products that we buy are somehow going to make us better than somebody else. And I think that's just a ludicrous statement because none of us would walk up to somebody on the street and say, I'm better than you because I have these shoes and you have those shoes. But I think internally, we've been convinced that that's true. But the reality is the clothes that you wear don't make you smarter or cooler. Your shoes don't make you faster. Your car doesn't make you better than your neighbor. Your jewelry doesn't make you more luxurious. These are all lies that we've been told because companies want us to buy their products. And so they have to convince us why we need their products. And so they stoke our egos, our pride to get us to that point where we say, oh, I need this because I want to show everybody that I'm better than somebody else. The core of humility is two things. First, it's how you view yourself. And I don't mean that as uh, how I view myself in comparison to somebody else. I just mean, how do you view yourself? When you look into your soul, into the core of your being, how do you view yourself? And the second thing that humility hinges on is how you view everyone else. And again, not in comparison to yourself, just how do you view people in general? How do you view them in the context of their value? How do you see people? When I was a kid, um, we didn't have cable. And so we would often watch, you know, whatever was on TV and and I was homeschooled, so that means that I didn't really go to school. And so I watched TV during the daytime, and you had two choices. You had soap operas, or you had Leave it to Beaver. I chose Leave it to, Be- Leave it to Beaver. And oftentimes in those episodes of Leave it to Beaver, they would have a scene where an old lady was walking across the road, and somebody would come alongside her and help her across the road. You don't see that scene very often, but you guys know what I'm talking about. So I want you to, I want to put you in that scenario. In that situation, would you rather just help the old lady across the road or would you prefer to help the old lady across the road? but on the 4th of July on 10th Avenue in Greeley so the whole town can see how amazing you are. Would it matter if anyone saw you? It kind of harkens that age-old question of 
If you help an old lady across the road and no one's there to see it, did it actually happen? Or maybe it's if you help a tree across the forest, or I can't remember, maybe it's if an old lady falls in a forest, you know, you know what question I'm talking about. The act of helping the old lady is not the question. The motivation is the question. Why are you helping the old lady in the first place? Are you doing it for the lady or are you doing it for yourself? Is it your pride that's motivating you to help her? Simon Sinek in his book, Leaders Eat Last, which I highly recommend, he, said, he writes this, you can easily judge the character of a man by how he treats those who can do nothing for him. You can easily judge the character of a man by how he treats those who can do nothing for him. Humility and motivation go hand to hand. Whether we are humble or whether we are proud has a lot to do with what motivates us. Not everyone who appears humble is actually humble. And not everybody who appears prideful is proud. So let's talk about what motivates us for a minute. And when I say us in this context, I'm speaking of people who follow Christ, Christ followers, Christians, we are motivated to act differently. We're not motivated to act in the same way that the world acts because we have been redeemed from our for former way of living and our formal life. We have been elevated to a new way of living. Ephesians 2 reminds us of this former life. It says this, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air. We used to behave a certain way, but we don't anymore. It goes on to say, when we submit ourselves to Christ, we accept his forgiveness and we receive God's grace. Ephesians 2 says this, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in our transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And listen to this. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not of your own doing. It is a free gift of God, not by works, lest anyone should boast. So we used to live a certain way and then we were redeemed and not just redeemed, we were elevated we were elevated to a new life, into a new realm. Then God tells us where our value and our worth come from. Ephesians 2 continues, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do good things that he planned for us long ago. 
So we were, we used to live a certain way. We were redeemed and elevated. And then we have value. We have value because we are God's masterpiece and we have a purpose. My friends, I want you to understand one thing about humility and pride. We often look at humility as being this thing where we have to oppress ourselves in order to be humble. Humility is not about lowering your own value. Humility doesn't mean you have to have low self-esteem. It doesn't mean you have to be self-deprecating. It doesn't mean you have to be worthless. I like what Rick Warren says on the subject. He says this, true humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. My friends, we are heirs to the kingdom. We are not the lowly. We are raised up with Christ to new life. And listen to this. God does not ask us to forfeit our own value to raise someone else's value. As a matter of fact, truly humble people lift people up. They don't lower themselves to make it appear as if the people below them are actually higher than they are. Our value is secured in Christ. Our self-worth is not determined by anyone or anything. It is bestowed upon us by God himself. And Jesus is an example of this type of humble living. Jesus lived his life humbly without sacrificing his own divinity. Jesus took a lowly position not to make us appear less low. He did it as an example to us as our savior to help us live an elevated life. He came low so he could lift us up. Colossians 2.9 says this, for in Christ lives all the fullness of God in human body. God sent Jesus and Jesus did not sacrifice his divinity, his godliness in order for him to be humble. Jesus was fully God and fully man. Jesus did not become less God in order to appear more humble. He became humble to fulfill his purpose. And he did this for our own good, not for his own good. He came to serve for us. Philippians 2, 8 through 11 says this, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. As a result, God exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name so that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven, on earth and under the earth. And every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the father. Jesus was God, but he was humble. We are all created with a purpose in mind. God prepared things for us to do long ago. We are his masterpiece. He has a plan for us. 
but we all have different gifts and different talents. And God calls us to the purpose of loving God and loving others. And it is impossible to accomplish those things from a posture of pride. But God does not ask us to sacrifice who we are and who who he created us to be so that we can be more humble. Humility is not about doing the right things. It's about doing the right things that you were created to do for the right reasons. We can easily fall into the trap of thinking that doing the right things will get us rewarded. But the spirit behind why we do the things that we do is oftentimes as important as the things that we do. Again, not everyone who appears humble is actually humble and not everyone who appears prideful is proud. Jesus says this, he tells this story. Two men went into the temple to pray one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. And the Pharisee stood by himself and he prayed, God, I thank you that I'm not like the other people, the robbers, the evildoers, the adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and I give a tenth of everything that I get. But the tax collector stood in the distance. He wouldn't even look up at heaven He beat his breast and he said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And Jesus says this, I tell you that this man, the tax collector, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled and all those who humble themselves will be exalted. The Pharisee did everything that the law asked of him. He followed all the rules. He prayed, he fasted, he gave a tenth of everything that he had to the temple, but he wasn't humble. He puts himself above the tax collector. He puts himself above the thief, the adulterer, the evildoer. But the tax collector comes with a spirit of humility And he says that he needs a savior, that he is a sinner. We should want to be people who don't just appear humble. We should actually be humble. Doing all the right things is not the goal. Doing the right things for the right reasons is the goal. I want to encourage you to be humble, get rid of pride, but do it out of the spirit of your own value and the value of others. Use your gifts and your talents to raise people up as Christ raises you up. You have a purpose. You have value. You have gifts and talents. You bring something to the table You can, you don't have to sacrifice who you are in order to appear humble. You can be humble and be who God created you to be. Finally, Proverbs 11.2 says this. 
pride leads to disgrace, but with humility comes wisdom. Our pride and our humility is all about what motivates us. Why do we love people? Why do we care for others? Is it so that somebody notices me or is it out of a spirit of loving other people because they have value and you have value. Rather than lowering yourself up, you lift people up. My encouragement to you, my encouragement to me is to be humble, be wise, love God and love others. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, forgive us for the times that we put our own pride above serving other people, above loving other people. God, I pray that we would do what you've called us to do out of a spirit of not what can I get out of this, but what can I give? How can I serve others? Not because I have no value, but because I have value and they have value. Heavenly Father, we come before you and we ask that you would give us wisdom in our humility. Father God, I pray that you would move in our lives, that you would give us the spirit that you gave Jesus, a spirit that says, I know who I am. I know who I was created to be. And I'm going to use those things to serve you and serve others. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you and happy Mother's Day.